Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join T2 and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Tracy Roberts. Oh, it started already. <laughs> it started already. Um, so yeah, looking forward to this one. Laughter in leadership. Leadership laughter. <laughs> well, job done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've just been uh, laughing off air around what we're actually going to call this thing, and we've had about 14 variations already. But I think what <laughs> we're going to go with is laughter and leadership. Yeah. Are the two linked? Uh, is it appropriate? Uh, is there a value to it? And uh, maybe we'll have a laugh along the way, Trace. A hundred percent. So uh, you tabled this topic with me. Uh, I think you'd listen because you're an avid podcast listener and a TED Talk watcher yeah. like me. Bit of a geek. Um, and you saw a couple of things and you laughed uh, all the way through it and you thought, Do you know what, there's something in that. And I think although it's a topic that we're going to discuss today, it is something I genuinely think we live by here at T2. I mean, not taking yourself too bloody seriously is part of the gig, right? Well, yeah, because if you don't laugh at yourself, someone else is waiting in the wings to laugh at you, <laughs> you know, for one reason or another. So you may as well just join the group. Yeah, it's about the, this yeah. notion of if you're a leader, the temptation is sometimes it gets all serious. You think that you have to put this professional persona on. Mm-hmm. There's no room for humor. You know, you can't show any sort of normality and human side to yourself. And actually, it's all about, you know, your image, your brand as a professional leader in the workplace. And sometimes yeah. you lose that wonderful element of authenticity, which at mm. times is just have a bloody laugh and don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Um. God, if I had a pound for the amount of times you lot say to me, Martin, you know you can't rub your nipples in front of the new starter. <laughs> that was part of my induction. <laughs> I'm just letting you know, Martin, when Martin's really creative and he's talking about stuff, he tends to rub his chest. Just go with it. <laughs> so I've, I've kept doing it, obviously, because it's now a team thing. <laughs> yeah, so um, I bet people are thinking, he stands there and rubs his nipples. What the hell? But... Um, why is it important, Tracy? Laughter and leadership. I think the word I'd use is vulnerability because vulnerability is one one of the key things to being a good leader, in my opinion. Showing vulnerability, vulnerability is really important. Easy and it builds that say. trust. <laughs> yeah, it builds that. There we go. We're laughing already. <laughs> uh, it builds that trust and that rapport. And I think I, I totally get what you're saying because professionalism is really important. But some people try to be funny through doing controlled comedy in leadership, and it's almost a little bit embarrassing. It just needs to be natural, doesn't it? And I think everybody in a space can feel a state change, can't they, when there's a bit of humor in there, even though the situation might be terrible. It might just cut through that situation. And as soon as you cut through, the solution's in in, in the path, isn't it? You can see it. Um, but it's too serious. It can get a bit cloudy from time to time. And and that's where people start to you know lose their way a little bit. Yeah. I always quote the Royal Marines ethos, the commando ethos in the Royal Marines, because um, it was something that I observed in every Royal Marine you work with, that they, they were always all very committed to it and truly believed in it. And one of the ones they always lived by was cheerfulness in adversity. Yeah. That notion of the bullets might be flying, you might be in the most intense situation and someone takes the piss or has yeah. a bit of banter or cracks an inappropriate joke. But, it, <laughs> yeah. but it's enough to sort of, bring everybody down to sort of a humanistic level again and just reset you a little bit. And I think, you know, and and you'll never experience banter, like really, you know, in the military. But, um, you know, I think 
there's something in that. And I think in organizations and in businesses, sometimes leaders take themselves too seriously. Yeah, 100%. And I think that the leaders that do that lose their way a little bit and don't actually get to know their people very well. And because people are less likely to share their kind of thoughts, feelings, emotions with people who feel very switched off, don't they? Whereas if they do crack a joke and it is a little bit, you know, an in the moment thing, sometimes a little opening occurs. And if if a leader is good, they can see that little opening and a little bit of vulnerability in that person and actually ask a question and find a lot out about that person just by just by sharing that laugh, really. So before I come in to ask you a couple of questions around uh, actually the science behind how this works, yeah. <laughs> because it's not just like, go in, have a laugh, don't take yourself too seriously, it'll all be fine. There, there's actually some scientific chemical responses to laughter and how that impacts our mood and the people around us. However, you know, um, I think what we're saying here is there is absolutely an opportunity for people to be their authentic self, to bring that humor into work, right? Mm. Because there is value to it. Mm. And, you know, well, let's get stuck into it. Give me an example of the science behind why laughter works, why laughter in leadership is appropriate. Because some people might be watching this going, but I'm an introvert who doesn't really like getting to know people. And quite frankly, I like to have a professional relationship with my people. Why should I (laughs) push myself to have a laugh? Because it's uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I think let's just strip it all the way back to basics. I read a really good bit of research the other day that stated that, think about it, laughter is normal. Because have you ever picked a baby up and it's just laughed at you? And you actually take it quite personally. Well, my three all cried at me for the best part of 10 years, but you know. Well, the science proves that like a baby, even a really small baby laughs. And when it laughs, it realizes it likes the feeling. It gets that that rush of hormones. And, you know, obviously in that moment, there's an affinity between the baby and the person that is laughing at. Now, some people do joke that, you know, again, I pick a baby up, it laughs at me. It must be my face is really ugly or something. I don't know. But there is a science there that from the very beginning, a baby learns that laughing makes them feel good. Yeah, it releases certain chemicals. It's got that feel good factor. So actually, I'm going to do it again and again without overthinking it. Yeah, they don't know the science. They just, they feel it. And I think that's important. Humor is is a feeling as well, isn't it? And then the science then moves on to like when you're around four and you're your optimum point of, but why, but why? And you're developing and you'll probably laugh around 400 times a day at that point, which actually you were saying about your son this morning, you can totally get that because he's always giggling at something. Um, But unfortunately, the science proves actually when we get to about 40, we're only laughing about four times a day which is actually really sad, isn't Quite it? sad, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. I want to go back to being four again. <laughs> well. <laughs> Sometimes I do default back to being four again. Um, but yeah, and it, it literally is down to your mindset, I think, isn't it? Because as you get older, you've got more things in like going into that computer and trying to concentrate on the what ifs or, you know, the worst case scenarios. But when you're four, you're looking at the world completely differently. Everything's just fun because you're learning things all the time you're reading people's expressions and it feels good so you do it but like you say you get really stuffy as you get older and you kind of think right i need to take this seriously stresses and pressures of life sort of take over you become more conscious of risk and danger and threat you become more accountable and responsible for paying the bills and raising children and so the actual fun is taken out of adult life they always say don't this cycle of in, in your in your childhood, it's like the most enjoyable years. Yeah. You don't you, you're absolutely fearless and carefree, and you don't have mm. any anxieties and worries. 
And then you sort of have your middle years between like 18 and 45, 50, where you're like got life, you're trying to pay mortgages, you're trying to get on the property ladder, mm. you're trying to pass your driving test, you're trying to hold a job down, you're trying to yep. feed your family. And then once your kids grow up and fly the nest and your working days mm. are over and you're not trying to prove anything to anyone, it's like your last 20 years, 30 <laughs> years, they come back to be yeah. more enjoyable because you don't give a shit, I know. right? You, yeah. you don't. So it's that middle section of, which most people, because we know by the stats, who listen to this post- yeah. podcast will be between 18 and 50. Okay. It's that segment where we tend to lose this. We do. I, I read a good saying the other day, I like this one. We've become more of a human doing than a human being. So yeah. exactly what you just said there, concentrating on the do's, what I've got to do and sharing what you've done, proving yourself. And actually, as a child, you're a human being, aren't you? Because you're just in the moment, you're enjoying it and... You're just learning. And actually, if we're doing things right, we're learning every day as well. So we should find something funny most days um, that tickle us. And everybody knows that people never stop laughing at farts. Mm. Les <laughs> a good example. <laughs> Universal language of laughter. Unless you're trapped in a car with one. <laughs> it is funny though. Sorry. Sorry yeah. for toilet humor, everyone at home. Or, or also, <laughs> uh, if you've ever worked with Tracy or if you've ever been on a WhatsApp group with Tracy. <laughs> been absolutely bombarded with memes to every single message that you put rather than just a standard answer you'll get you'll get to know that Tracy, Tracy well humor is important to do you Tracy. know that that actually brings up a really good subject because what I think laughter does is reduce social distancing a little bit you yeah. know that, there's that kind of like can you express yourself well if you're not with people as much or you know it might be family that are spread out or you're on a group or you're working away and laughter is that universal thing isn't it it's it's a different language completely and you might laugh but I spend quite a lot of time on my memes and my gifts yeah absolutely you know, the thought expert. process behind yeah, it yeah <laughs> I can even create my own now so in your research you uh, sent something interesting to me which said uh, one minute laughing produces the same hormones as 10 minutes rowing now, what we know in neuroscience <laughs> is when you're talking about hormo- yeah. hormones or chemicals, neurotransmitters, or yeah. however you want to term it, you know, specifically we're talking about endorphins, oxytocin, dopamine, those feel-good chemicals that actually bond people together, mm-hmm. that actually are, are really healthy for the body, they counteract cortisol and the stress response. Yeah. So what we're saying with that is we know exercise does that, 10 minutes rowing, a 20-minute jog, yeah. a half-an-hour workout in the gym. However, if you're, what you're saying here is if you just sit around <laughs> taking the piss and telling jokes, so you can save yourself the bonus, gym membership. Absolutely bonus. Eight hours of laughing <laughs> and you will never have to go to the gym. No, I, I think I love that research. As much as I love exercise, I also love laughing. And I think it is important and it can completely change the state of a space, can't it? You know, you can walk into a really stressful situation at work and like you say, someone cracks a joke or, you know, there's a moment between two people in the room and everyone like erupts into laughter. And I think as a leader, that's really important to be able to cut the ice a little bit, you know, to clear the fog and or almost make fun of the situation because quite often it will lead to good things. It will, you well, know, creativity as one. Well. I know this myself because if, you know, and I always analyze myself on these podcasts as much as, as everything else and anybody else. But um I've always said I have the ability to change the weather. You know, if I'm stressed Mm. and in shadow and triggered and tight and directive, the whole office, there's a mood that sort of transcends across the office and it can last the entire day if I don't snap out of it. Mm. And on the contrary, if I come in in the morning, morning everyone, stand in the office for five minutes like I usually do, crack a few jokes, have a few laughs, Mm. that transcends across the the office for the rest of the day in equal measure in a positive way Mm. 
So I think sometimes leaders have to be, we always say they have to be careful of the shadow they cast. Mm. And that can be one of humor, lightheartedness, motivation, positivity, or it can be one of the opposite. Yeah. And laughter is a way, humor is a way of, of sending that clear signal of where you're at and what yeah. you want the mood to be within the camp. Yeah. And and to do that, there's another bit in your research that I liked around sometimes the best form of laughter from a leader can be self-deprecation. Oh, or, or it is self-deprecation. I love that. I love that. Because I... if you're trying to laugh at the expense of others or if you're trying to crack a joke at a situation, mm. that's fine and it's great. And mm. if you've got trust and rapport with your team, you can have a little bit of banter with each can, other. And You can overshare. <laughs> yeah, but you can yeah. take... I, I know, Trace, that I can come in and take the piss out of you a little bit. Yeah. And we've got a lot in common, military backgrounds. We've mm. operated in the same environment. Yeah. I know it's safe. That you, yeah. You can do it. And vice versa, just because I'm your boss, you can do it to me. Yeah. Right? Um, so you can do that. But... The best form of laughter sometimes from a leader or humor is when, when I come in and take the piss out of myself. Yeah. Or I'm quite open and vulnerable about what I've just got wrong or what yeah. I've just made myself look stupid on or how uncertain I am about yeah. something or how erratic I can be or whatever it might be because that really resonates with the That's team, great. doesn't it? Yeah, it's vulnerability. And I think that, again, I, I just think it's really underrated in terms of you know leadership qualities. But also, do you know what I think it's good for? And you alluded to something earlier which really rung true with me. I think it's humor creates storytelling so you're you know whether it's you sharing your situation or you know you're kind of um what i would say coloring in the pictures a little bit so people are laughing a little bit more don't you think that helps your public speaking ability and your confidence in delivery yeah because because you're reading the room constantly and you think okay it is like being a comedian isn't it you go right they like that i like that okay tracy like that one you know lydia like that one and then when you're up in front of an audience you said earlier, you know, at certain points of some of the things you deliver, you know, you're going to get a certain response. And I think that both those things are linked, really. It's the confidence to make people laugh and have that interaction in the office then transcends across to when you're public speaking, definitely. Oh. So with leaders, it, the two link, don't I they? I think we're fundamentally at T2 and, I, and I'm, it's not arrogance. It's just the truth. We are fundamentally brilliant at what we do. Because when we deliver learning and development, whether it's to a group in a room or on a stage at a conference or whatever it might be, Mm. we are fundamentally storytellers. We take very complex subjects, very serious mm. subjects at times, like psychology and self-awareness and leadership and all of this serious stuff that matters. And we make it, we, we, we fill it full of metaphors and anecdotes and stories and yeah. examples that people laugh out loud because yeah. they go, that's me. That's yeah. me. I do yeah. that. Why do I do that? You know, and making and, it real. Yeah, yeah. And accessible. And I think Love storytelling is, is a way of doing that. And, and also doing it in a lighthearted, real and raw way that people resonate with. Yeah. You know, it, it really does matter. So I think um, self-deprecation is a great way to do that as, for mm. a leader. But just generally ask yourself this question at this point, 15 minutes in, if you're listening to this podcast. Are, are we going through periods where it's just a bit too serious? Do we give ourselves the <laughs> yeah. opportunity in the environment to to lighten the mood? Yeah. Do I show myself enough? Am I human enough yeah. to the people who I'm going to work with? It's amazing, isn't it, how you can have a friend who you can't see for months, go down the pub, drop your shoulders and have a right laugh with and talk yeah. about any old shit, right? Mm. Yet you spend nine, ten hours a day with your team and yeah. you don't feel like you can do the same thing. Yeah, that's not right. And I don't think that's good for anyone. Productivity is going to be low. Creativity is going to be low. Um, you know, even psychological safety is going to be low there, isn't it? And they're all things that leaders should be caring about, really. But I think for me, I think 
it's mainly due to people thinking, like you said, humor is inappropriate and it should never be inappropriate. It should it should be a standard thing. I mean, we have like what over sixty thousand thoughts a day. Imagine if all of those thoughts are mainly negative and there's no humor in there, you know. Mm. And a lot of interactions these days, they're they're not they're sort of optional now, aren't they? Because there's so much social distance. We're working from home. We're in hybrid situations, so we're not getting those opportunities. That's why my gift game is so strong now. Because during <laughs> lockdown, as someone who likes to interact with people, and I'm used to being in front of groups of people, I really struggled. But because I have got a bit of a cheeky sense of humor, I had to find other ways to, you know, get that across to people. And I used to be sat across the office where I was socially distanced in an office sort of about 12 months ago, waiting for the reaction of the person at the other side. You know, when you, you send in your you mate a message on their phone and nobody else knows what you're talking about. I used to live for that moment every day because I was laughing so loud at how they reacted to my gift. So it, it's powerful stuff, isn't it? I just love the fact that you've just rated your gift game as strong. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, and you know, you know, the other thing I was going to say, actually, it creates less global whinging groups <laughs> because if people don't have humour they're more likely to be in a bit of a darker space, maybe a little bit of shadow behavior going on. That starts global whinging groups. So actually, as someone who's in charge of a business, you're less likely to get people, you know, taking life too seriously or complaining about oh, things. The, the WhatsApp and working groups and yeah. Slack and all of these really uh, modern instant messaging communication platforms that allow teams to almost communicate 24-7. They're fantastic, but they can create global whinging groups. Yeah. And, and there's more of them than not. And it only takes for you to be having a good day. And then somebody puts on that WhatsApp group, oh, I can't stand so-and-so. I've just had a meeting and you should have heard how she spoke to me or whatever it might be. All of a sudden, everybody's mood is now focusing on a negative. Yes. And, and, it, and it can really, you know, inhibit those moments of, like you say, camaraderie, humor, all yeah. of that stuff. I'll tell you what we'll do for the last 13, 10, 13 minutes of this podcast, Jesse, yeah. why don't we... If you're a leader listening to this, why don't we just bring people back down to bloody earth yeah. with a few leadership piss takes? Okay. <laughs> and, and, and there might be piss takes, right? But I, 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 when I was sort of writing some of them down that I use in sessions and also a couple of other ones that I found, I was thinking we can all resonate with all of them. Yeah. So if you've got a little bit of vulnerability and if you've got a little bit of honesty, you'll probably smile listeners is thinking, yeah, it might be a bit of a piss take. And I'd never say that in front of my team, but. God, is it the truth? Yeah. And we'll just bounce off it We've and see where it. it goes and feel free to chuck <laughs> some in. So um, the first one that I read was the Dwight Eisenhower uh, quote, which is a great quote. He says, you don't lead by hitting people with a big stick because quite frankly, that's assault. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and it's almost like, you know, I know the big stick is is a, is a, is a metaphor. It's an yeah, example. but. It's it's sort of true, isn't it? And mm. it's like we all, if we're too serious all the time, to our point, mm. right? And all you are is driving standards and asking for more and addressing problems and talking about what's gone wrong. You've got to ask your question: Have I got that metaphorical big stick in my hand? Mm. Am I assaulting my people? Right? <laughs> yeah. Do I need to just maybe start bringing people back to that human element yeah. again? Yeah. Um, but I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah. This is an interesting one. And I'd get your thoughts if this is your experience. <laughs> Leadership is your ability to hide your insecurity and sheer panic from everyone else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so true, though, isn't it? Because some people say, you know, is that ability to stay calm, you know, you just not addressing the situation? But it's not. It's you being looking at the bright side of things and trying to think, okay, well, if I want people in a good mind state, 
if I get them in a good place, you know, through humor or through a bit more of a lighthearted approach, am I going to, are they going to be more productive? Are they going to be more in a challenge state than a threat state as an example? So yeah, hundred percent. Well, it's funny because uh, I think you'll go in two directions when you're panicking as a leader or when you feel insecure about something, you will either come across as exactly that, Mm. which then absolutely cascades that threat state across the team around you. Oh God, the boss is panicking. If he's panicking, yeah, you know what's something's going, on? going yeah. wrong here. Yeah. You know he's not in control, whatever. Um, or you disguise it with humour. You start taking <laughs> the piss. Nothing to see here. Let's crack a joke. <laughs> and although the 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 result is on the inside, I'm probably feeling a little bit vulnerable. It's here. Duck little legs going. Yeah. yeah, you think of the team. The mm. outcome on the team in scenario two mm. is by far going to galvanise people and bring people together and say, right, mm. let's reset. How do we go forward? Than the first version mm. so i do love the quote and it is leadership is fundamentally about our ability to hide our insecurity and sheer panic from everyone else because yeah. at times no matter i would say to myself i'm a i'm confident person i am i have ultimate belief in what i'm doing and what we're capable of but there's times where i absolutely <laughs> go into some form of panic internal and, meltdown yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely um do you want one from a bug's life go on Cat have you wrong. seen a bug's life? Of course. Of course you have. Yeah. seen every, every animated film under the sun. Um, this is what everybody should remember. And this, if you can't laugh at yourself with this one, then, then then you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. But the first, the bug's life, someone on the bug's life, one of the characters says, the first rule of leadership is that don't forget everything's your fault. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. And always will be. You know, yeah. if, And it sort of gets you thinking. It's like, is everything the leader's fault? Well, you can look at this two ways, and I bet there's two arguments. Some people would say yes. Mm. If you're in a position of leadership, true mm. leadership, command, authority, or rank, you are carrying the the, the complete autonomy and counta- accountability yeah. for and responsibility for the outcome. So if someone's messed up, there's a dotted line into you, mm. you know, surely. Yeah. Um, very few leaders are willing to see see it that way, though, Tracy, I would say. No, and when you're too serious. Blame, blame culture. When you're too yeah. serious, that's what starts to happen. Yeah. It's like the window window mirror analogy, in it? I look yeah. through the window when things go wrong and in the mirror when things go right. Yeah. Poor leadership. Yeah, of course. Or I look in the mirror when things go wrong and through the window when things go right. And I think that's uh, absolutely the first rule of leadership mm. is everything's your fault. Never forget that. Yeah. So I agree you, with that. You've got you to gotta be willing to own up. Yeah. Um, I'll do one more and then uh, we'll 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 get back to some of the stats before we round it up. So um what should we pick here? Here's one. I'm a leader, not a follower, is the statement. Unless it's a dark place and then you're going first. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like something that you'd say, definitely. But but that's a funny one because it's like, listen, I'm a leader, not a follower. I'm in charge unless the shit hits the fan and I'm really scared and it's and I'm going to push you out in front of me and you're going to go first. And listen, seriously, there's leaders like that, right? Yeah. Oh, there totally is. Um, And again, it's one of those situations where, you know, you could crack a joke like that in a situation that's really stressful and people would chuckle at that. Um, And I think just being honest about it as well, just being honest about like it is uncertain for you. You don't know what's going to go on, but what's the worst that could happen, you know? Let's let's focus some ideas on how we can get through this tunnel. Basically, it is an interesting point. If if there was a real tricky situation, and you was asking one of your team members to do something under pressure, yeah. 
you could absolutely make that comment. Listen, I'm a leader, not a follower, until it gets tough and then you're going first, remember. <laughs> and actually, Big you'd plan. probably go, yeah. all right, fair one, boss. Yeah. Right, I'll, go, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. roll my sleeves up here, right? I'll get my flashlight. Oh, you might go, <laughs> you absolute coward. I knew it all along, right? Yeah. Um, interesting stat here, just coming back to your research, millennials and Generation Z. Yeah. So it says here that, like, I guess, I guess why is this topic important, coming back to some of the actual fundamental science around it, is... When surveyed, millennials and Generation Z, they rank work ethic and humor as high on their list of needs in any role. Yeah. So if you're looking at the future and you're looking ar- around attracting talent and the talent yeah. of tomorrow and having sustainability and longevity, this matters. Oh, it does. When I wonder if- why that is, Tracy. I wonder why generations of millennials favor humor in the workplace more than, say, baby boomers and yeah. Generation X. I think Gen Generation X and Baby Boomers, from my own experience and working with those guys, is a lot of that was driven by, you know, my that was the business I'm going into. My dad did that, so I'm gonna do that. I want security. I'd rather have security. I'd rather know where I am. Um, and you know, if things are not always quite right, I can deal with it because I'm secure, I know what I'm doing, etc. And I think the newer generation, generation active, as I call them, they're the kind of generation that have grown up with all these things thrown at them. So we say social media can be negative and positive, but from a positive perspective, they're more self-aware, aren't they? Um, And well, they know what sort of motivates them to keep going and they're not scared to take risks. So, you know, if someone wasn't comfortable in a job in that age bracket now, they would leave. Whereas years ago, it maybe wouldn't have been as prevalent because it was all about the security. So I think it's about that that situational um, sort of question, isn't it? You know, do they feel like they can do the job well, but can they also enjoy doing the job? And enjoying doing the job is really important. Whereas years ago, it was just, I'll do the job. I'll get the pay packet, you know. It ties into my my philosophy and stuff I've said in the past on past, past podcasts and in pathways that people, I was talking about retention, employee retention and engagement before and with Generation Z and Millennials, they have more choice than ever. Mm. You know, going back to what you were saying there, even 20, 30 years ago, you was generally bound by proximity. Yeah. You worked for an organization within your region or Mm. area. You went to your place of work. Um, There wasn't as much choice as now in the digital industrial revolution. And therefore, keeping your job was absolutely more important than anything else. Um, And that then gave to these cultures of hierarchical dictative cultures, you know, you know, you, you come here, you do it to your place of work, you do what is asked yeah. for, you know, you leave. Whereas I think it's shifting now. People have more choice than ever. I mean, you can be in business setting up a company with a credit card and a click of a button in an hour yeah. and trading from your back bedroom, mm-hmm. right? You can be a software developer. You can start a digital business, a, mm-hmm. a marketing agency. You can be a blogger. You can be a vlogger. You can be an influencer, you know, yeah. all of these things. And, it, and it's the truth. So, if, if I'm going to come and work for you in your organization or for your organization, no matter where I am, mm. I, I get a say now over the environment yeah, is, is basically what it's saying. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And if they don't get what they want, they will look elsewhere. And it's pace, it's, you know, humor kind of brings a different environment for people. Um, and, and I just think that if they like who they work with, that that just makes it, it you know they say if you what is it if you enjoy doing what you do and it doesn't feel like you're working that sort of situation and I think that is really prevalent right now because people can make quick decisions and shift around 
And I think that links in with people not looking so badly on people who try different things on the CVs now, because years ago, you would take a look at a CV and go, oh, you didn't stay there very long or you didn't do this. And But now because we can see creative changes, you can see people just moving, sidestepping, trying something a bit different. And I'm not for one minute saying if you, you, know, if you change your job every month, people are going to look at that dimly. But I think there's less of that now because people are saying, oh, so you tried this and did it, you know, how did it feel? And you got that experience rather than, okay, you did 25 years at that place. Well done, golden handshake sort of thing. So uh, I just think the mindset's different now, isn't yeah. it? And with two minutes left, I'm just going to make a final point and then ask you to for 20 seconds of closing comments or so, which is me and Spencer had a chat a while back and we did tidbits where we have a laugh. And he <laughs> said, Martin, if leadership is motivation, inspiration, it's humor, it's people, it's high degrees of rapport, it's people who want to follow. Yeah. What happens when you have to read the right act or when you come out of that state of mm. humor and humanization and you want people to get shit done. Yeah. I said, well, that's leadership. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and as much as you want to display leadership, every now and then you've earned the right to display a bit of leadership, which is yeah. get it bloody done. Right. And I am serious yeah. now. And I think that's an important point to make that mm. you build up your credits enough through this type of stuff that we're talking mm. around to deliver the tough message. Right. Yeah. And, and that's that's fine because sometimes that situation is relevant. Well, if you've got the right culture, people get it, don't they? They don't take the piss and they'll think, right, okay, okay, he's serious, now I'm going to get it done. I like this one. This is what I'd like to end on. So if we explore how to lighten up, we could possibly shine a light on others' paths. So that is exactly that, you know, trying to sort of keep a, a really good situation or situational environment for people. So actually they start to see the strengths, relax, drop the shoulders like you say, and actually help them to a better place. Um, and that says a lot, doesn't it? We can it just lighten up. Love it. That's an amazing quote to finish on, uh, Tracy. I could talk to you all day about this, but as always, we keep our promise, 30 minutes, no more digestible content. I think to summarize, laughter and leadership go hand in Laugh. hand. <laughs> Laugh. Laughter and leadership go hand in hand. Don't mm -hmm. take yourself too seriously. Self-deprecation works. Light it. What was the, the final saying you said? <laughs> Light up others' past by lighting it up. Light so up get others. your flashlight out, guys. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> and and just play around with it and be honest with yourself. Are you somebody who at times can be overly serious, certainly when you're pissed off and in shadow? When's the last time you had a bit of a crack, a bit of a fun environment? Mm. And and if and if it's too long, then you know, do something about it. Definitely. Tracy Roberts, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast. Thank you.